Kudu here. Listen to Safari. Bits and bites from the bush. Wilderness wise with eco-training. Afternoon, I'm Ross Hawkins, eco-training instructor. Just a little bit about birds of Southern Africa. Number one is, is to look at the bird. So just take the time. I mean, first of all, obviously a good pair of binoculars so you know so that you can have a good image of the bird and then look at the bird of actually take the time to what does the beak look like what is the color of the bird um, any particular uh, feathers that stand out so tail streamers for instance uh, the the color makeup the size I mentioned the beak the size of the bird itself and also what it's doing and then from there is the more that you information you can just work for yourself then from there is if you've got an idea of what bird it is so maybe the, the family or the group of birds that you can sort of start I mean for me it was a matter of starting page one and sort of move through but if you if you obviously in the fever trees of Makuleki you're not going to be looking for any birds that are, that are out in the ocean so you're certainly not going to be looking at albatrosses and petrels and frigate birds or anything along that line so or gannets or gulls so you're going to be coming inland and then right there's no water nearby so you can leave the likes of herons and darters and cormorants and so forth out so very much when it comes to to bird field guides is they they're almost sort of divided up into the marine section marine birds the um, inland freshwater birds aquatic birds so from there you can then you've got the so and then also habitat as well is quite an important one so if you then saying right you've eliminated any water living birds then from there you can then sort of start okay i've got a beautifully brightly colored bird here in makuleke and so i'm not going to be looking any it's not in around any water or so forth so you'd almost sort of start in the middle of the book and then start working your way back but then look at the size of the beak so what does it feed on is it eating fruit is it eating insects and then from there is working it sort of that way in in a number of guides you can also have the the how-to and then also the the guide will be sort of divided up into sort of color-coded sections so you can get an idea of where which color is to which grouping some books in in a cover have a an example of each family so from there you can get an idea looking at the beak the color and the shape okay it should fit into this one and then go and look in there um, but it all starts by looking at the bird and what's it doing and and so forth and then and then yes it's just practice eventually you'll kind of get to get your eye to start looking for certain details and the more that you bird the more you'll start to see and then you'll start to recognize certain groups and then eventually you'll come down to the species that you're actually looking at and if it of course if there's distribution if it's not if the bird you're looking at or on, in the field guide is not occurring where you are currently then it can't be that that's maybe something else yeah it's a little bit sort of general in but if you look at beaks of say you're looking at a bird with a relatively long curved beak the bird is say maybe it's a small all blackbirds say in, in 
come to Makaleke in and you're looking at a bird it's sitting at the top of a tree it's it appears as if it's all black and it's got this relatively thin but slightly curved beak and then you look at that that thin beak and think okay what's it going to use that beak for so more than likely a beak like that would be one to probe with so in other words it fits perfectly into tubular flowers so this would be a group of the sunbirds so they feed on nectar so their beak is designed to be able to probe into flowers so already sunbird oh, okay and then go into the index sunbirds and then start looking through them or for instance you have another bird that is a lot a little bigger than than the sunbirds you're looking at say maybe about 20 centimeters uh, 20 to 30 centimeters long including the tail it's also got a very curved beak as well uh, it's a bright red then you're now looking at it and the bird is clambering up and down branches of a tree or the stem itself and you think okay it's again it's probing and then so now and look at the color the iridescence but so again it's, it's probing that's the number one so that would be yes we'd be looking at woodupus or if it's now the bird is waiting in a temporary pan or so forth and you see and the beak is again it's curved it's probed so when it comes to the design of the beak is of probers so they can yes probe into be it mud or under bark flakes or so forth or else if you look at a, a bird that is circling above you very big broad wingspan so bird yes certainly is large so it's either eagle or vulture that's up there um, I mean certainly yes it would have a if a bird then alighted and it's sitting at the top of a, a tree quite prominently you'll see it has a quite a massive beak it's physically it's quite a quite a large bird so this bird must be able to prey on on large items so they are you looking at bird of, so all birds of prey have a very hooked beak Depending on size, so Wahlberg's relatively small compared to say someone like Tawny Eagle, but otherwise all of them are feeding on meat. Um, then next, if you're looking at any seed eaters, it's quite a small, almost sort of cone-shaped beak. So all the better to crush seeds with or to, to husk them. So you strip the outer layer and then get the seed itself. Or take the, the dubs for instance, where it's a relatively cone beak, but it's quite long and slender. So these birds don't really crush, they just swallow the seed whole. Um, if you then have a, if you look at say for example the barbets, it's another relatively broad flat beak uh, with a what looks like a tooth on the outer, uh, especially the top uh, mandible. So that's all the better to, to slice through the, the, the skin of the fruit. So what's going to happen there is it needs that tooth almost to just as a slicing edge. So it enables the bird to get into the fruit. So it, the beak is very much a, a design that sort of we can chew. I mean, birds don't have teeth, but in order to, their beak will be designed in order to allow them to get at whatever their food source is. Maybe a, a sandpiper, for instance, a long, thin beak. So to be able to sort of pick um, small organisms off the water surface or within in the mud. Or if you look at the herons, a very sharp pointed beak so it can physically stab its fish prey and so it needs to be and then you see it I mean long almost sort of s-shaped neck this very long pointed beaks so, all right this bird must feed on must feed on fish 
or maybe even if it's stalking in the grass and you're a black-headed heron so it needs to almost stab be it rodent or reptile or insect so it's, it's able to also keep that item away from the face so then maybe a bee eater uh, where a very curved beak again so not quite for probing but you see the bird sitting on a perch and it flies up it then grabs an insect comes back down so it's an insect eater but a very long curved beak so you say okay have a look see uh, bee eaters would match that so beak design can be quite something in terms of that's bird's version of our hands of we grab with the hands with them they can only grab the beak so that sort of helps them in that way I mean that's sort of sufficient uh, what else can there be then another design the spoonbill is it looks like he's got a if you think of a large spatula at the end of the face so there's a almost a bulbous tip to the to the beak this is more sort of increases the surface area gripping area to catching prey also lots of um, super sensory cells within the beak so that they it when it moves the beak through the water it sort of feels something and then just snap shut sort of a venus flytrap in a way um, so again mentioned just surface area so means more grip on its its prey be it fish or small crustaceans and and or any aquatic insect life that it would be looking for wing wise that one for instance if you look at something like a the swifts and swallows in particular the swifts very relatively sort of swept back but with very small birds uh, very sharp pointed wings body is also relatively streamlined so this is just for high altitude flying and also fast flight after insects then if you then take if you look at say a vulture and eagle where it's a very broad wing surface then you'll notice then the the prime the outer primaries are almost sort of looks like if you um, stretch your hand out and stretch your uh, split your fingers apart spread your fingers apart rather that sort of helps the bird almost sort of float up in the air so it is now able to literally just move up on thermals so a big broad wing surface these large sort of finger-like feathers helps the bird just it, all it has to do is just follow the wind it doesn't have to flap so there's no energy wastage and it just rides wind for the whole day so from from morning just after sunrise and the earth is starting to heat up these um, large thermals bird leaves its perch and then from there it just glides just looking down for any um, prey items or scavenge items that it might come across then if you then look at say for example the, um, the small wings of say the migrating birds they'll generally be almost longer and more slender so what they what's going to help there is they need to be not too big in terms of hampering flight but also for relatively quick fast flight so in other words migrating from uh, birds that come down from from Europe down to southern Africa so they, their wings are going to be relatively pointed so this allows for better long distance flying of they're going to be I mean sort of high um, uh, what's it sort of um, stroke rate in terms of, of flap so certainly those wings are going to be a little bit more pointed and then if you then also look at uh, small small birds the likes of seed eaters the the wings they're going to be enough to yes 
in the boat is obviously to escape predators or so forth but it's not going to be using them to, to the extent of, of soaring anything like that so it's very much very sort of short and stout then uh, if you then look at Spurfowls, Franklins it's a very round wing shape so for them is more they're going to spend most of their time on the ground so a round wing is such that it's enough to get them off the ground maybe to up into a perch for to spend the night or just to avoid a predator to close quarters but they can't really they're not going to flap for too far and then you look at wing shape of say the goshawks and sparrowhawks which are relatively short but very rounded wings with a relatively broad surface so for them this and a relatively long tail uh, they are now bird hunters but also hunting within the treetops so they need to be very maneuverable so the shorter shorter wing allows them to be a lot faster and also a bit more maneuverable uh, within the, in the canopy itself and then certainly from a diving speed point of view the peregrine falcon for instance or all the falcons but in particular the peregrine where these almost sort of sharp pointed wings that the bird is able to then just sort of bend back and that just allows the bird to reach that sort of around 200 kilometers or so an hour uh, in a sort of a diving speed. So in that point they're not too broad but they it's more going to be a slightly pointed wing so it gives them more speed than, than, yeah, than the soaring side of things. They'll soar to a point but they're not too high. And then, then look at a battalier, which is relatively longish wing, uh, quite broad, and also just to design to allow the bird to just float almost sort of around, just above ground level, maybe about 200 meters up, just to, while it looks for prey at close quarters or to scavenge as well. So wing design, it all just depends on what the bird's doing. If you then take the albatross, these very long slender wings, not really pointed but sort of in almost sort of two meters two to three meters uh, this just allows the bird to be able to soar just above the, uh, the water surface so for them it's not about the flap it's just about being able to almost glide above the water surface so that they and they're not they're able to just sort of pick uh, prey items off the water surface and so forth there in that way for more audio safaris visit kuduhere.com